DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. And it is time for Hot Takes a Toast. Brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. And of course, my computer's locked up, so we'll have that entire read for you in just a moment. Hold on for that. PK, the question of the day. Does it get any better for BYU? Zach Wilson has his first NFL win. BYU cracks the top 10 with a perfect 5-0 record. They're 16-1 in the last 17, and they're getting ready for life in the Big 12. I'm sorry, what am I missing? This is Christmas morning, Cougar fans. What more do you want? (laughs) I know what you want. Another 50. You want to hang another half a hundred, as the old ball coach said. You want to hang another half a hundred on Boise State, because that was fun last year. Uh, that's probably uh, not going to happen, but you who knows? Think. You don't know. Uh, sure, yeah. It's just amazing, as I said with Chad Lewis here a little bit. Four, nine, seven, six, seven, and six, and now 16 out of 17. This is really stunning. It is so reminiscent of what Kyle Whittingham did when he took over at Utah. Now, he got it done sooner, uh, maybe because, you know, he didn't have the mission program as much, and he'll slap him in the head when I say they don't have the mission program because they do. So I have to add the qualifier as much uh, as far as that goes because obviously BYU has the most, but Utah has a significant amount too. There's no question about that. But when Kyle got it going, what was that, the middle of his third season? Yep. That, man, they really, really took off, and winning just became so commonplace. It's like you woke up every Saturday, oh, they're going to win, and maybe yep. you had two or three doubts. Uh, in the course of the season, but you basically had nine wins every year, and now all of a sudden the Cougars, they can't be stopped. This is just incredible. It, it goes to what I had said when you were, I said that years ago when BYU was struggling, that, man, when you're in the middle of it, you think you're never going to get out of it, and then when you're riding high, you think it's never going to end. I mean, it's, it, I don't want to say it's coming easy, because as Samson Nakua said earlier this morning, this is what they're doing as far as putting in all the work and getting the benefits from it, and I think that's true. I don't think anybody just kind of waltzes into this type of success. I think it only comes, and you could put that across the board, DJ. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. If you want success in whatever, whatever it is, I don't know that we got a lot of young people listening to us, but if <laughs> If we should, this is the key. Unless you've got some family money and all that stuff and you're lucky enough to be in that situation, good on you. But for the rest of us, there's really no secrets. It's harder for some than others, but there's no secrets in terms of it's all about working hard. And if you work hard, what's that old saying? The harder I work, the luckier I get. Yep, that's yeah. the saying. And that's what Samson was talking about this morning. This is a byproduct of these guys working their butts off to get in this position. And really, it is cool to see to see a program have its rebirth in a sense. And it couldn't come at a better time because everybody they're recruiting now, if they're going to be mission kids, are Big 12 kids. Yep. Obviously. All the high school seniors who plan to go on a mission out of high school, they will come back and you will be in the Big 12. And it's really set up. I, I don't want to jinx them and act like, oh, man, it's just clear, smooth sailing from here on out. But certainly, man, they are riding high. And good, and good on them. Good how on could us, life, too. How could life... Absolutely. People don't understand that. More undefeated local teams, please. Yeah, really. Duh. You can't have enough local teams in the top ten for me. Oh, that'd be great <laughs> if we had I'll three. three. I'll take three. That would be Fan awesome. Fan base yeah. is just buzzing. Oh, I would love it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so how could it get better? I got to give it. I got to give it up to Scott because when I heard this, I thought it can't. These are the good old days. Just, just soak it up. 
It's just like lying on the beach on a 78-degree day. Don't mess up anything. But Scott can dream big. And, and he's right. It didn't occur to me. He says, oh, get into the college football playoff. <laughs> I don't see it. I don't, I don't either, it. but hey, what would be better? I know, but that's, in my mind, that's not a realistic dream. And I don't Cincinnati really worry took about a, that. Cincinnati, Cincinnati took a I mean, big step. Yeah, they'd be Notre Dame. Come on. Took a big step. Yeah. Enjoy Luke Fickle while you have him. Right. They're coming. That's the thing. The more you win, the way college football has gone, people write enormous checks. They do, but if you're in the situation where you come close to matching that, I mean, Kyle Whittingham has had opportunities, and he said no. And, and, you know, he wanted his kids. He's so proud of the fact that his kids went to the same grade school, went to the same junior high, went to the same high school, all of them, all four of them, and he didn't have to move them. And now, at this stage in his life, he doesn't want to move. Right. So you've outlasted that. So it doesn't take long. Now you ask a question. How it, BYU cracks the top ten. Zach gets his first NFL win. The Big 12 is looming. How could life get better? And people turn right to the rivalry. That question does not even hint of rivalry. It's a oh, rivalry. Don't deny every, it. Everything is a rivalry. Everything, everything is. Yeah. Here it is. Jim says, Utah fans were right. Ten was coming. It's here right now. LOL. Okay. That was all over social media once the poll yeah, came out. It's a decent, clever line. Yeah. Yeah, I put it out on Friday night. How long until they get into the top ten? I did not, honestly, did not think it would be this week. Why? It seemed I, clear I, with the scores it was going to be. Well, I put that out Friday night. Oh, no, Friday night. You didn't know. I was going to say yeah. Friday you know Florida night, you was, no clue. <laughs> no, Friday night, you don't know Florida's going to lose to Kentucky. Right, right. Arkansas losing was not surprising, and Cincinnati no, or Notre Dame had to lose. Yeah. No, you I, had to see the scores come in, and, the, and Florida, Kentucky was the one that, that was the big one. Yeah, they could have been an 11. Michigan winning and jumping them. Because that question was out there, and I saw some of the back and forth, yeah. and, and somebody did say, I, I can't remember who it was, but somebody did say, that watch Michigan get a big jump with that win. I didn't know how far Oregon would fall. I thought they fell too far. If they'd fallen a little further, then you might have been nice. You thought they fell too far? Why are they behind Ohio State? In the same record, and they won at Ohio State. Oh, you're going to have that every year. All right, well, that's one but, I mean, it's, a, it's not like it's not a legitimate question, though. I'm not I saying mean, that, that you're wrong in and, questioning that. And that's that. the one. If they were only one or two spots higher, I wouldn't say anything. If they were in front of Ohio State. I get it. You but, know, you, but still, you have that they have to fall all behind the time. Cin- they have to fall behind Cincinnati. Because oh, Cincinnati definitely. got a great road win, and you messed up the end of the Stanford game. You just messed it up. Nah, <laughs> they got jobbed by the ref. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the targeting and the ejection are late hit. No, I thought they were okay. Oh, you did? The oh. P.I. at the end was harsh. I thought that's guys tussling and guys wrestling. Were, yeah. And they were on the next play, too. Yeah. On the day when they throw the touchdown pass, there was a lot of hand fighting going on. But they didn't want but to throw the flag it. two plays in a row. Yeah. yeah. Well, they could have been offensive. I know. It could have been. But they, there's no way. <laughs> They're not no, going to do it. I don't know that I make that call in the last, I guess, the prior play. Yeah. But I didn't have any problem with the other one. Uh, Thibodeau got ejected. I thought he hit him in the head. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo. Tom, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How are you doing? Well, we're good, but we're not as good as you. Zach Wilson gets his first win. The football team cracks the top ten. You're 5-0 and with two in-state wins and three wins over the Pac-12 South. 
16 and 1 in the last 17. Tom, you got the world at your feet right now. <laughs> the question there. <laughs> Do you feel good? Do you enjoy it? Because I know you stress in the bad times. And anyone who knows you, when you're sitting there filming, asking fans for $20 million, there is stress. When you're scheduling games on the fly, there is stress. I wonder if you're enjoying the good times because these well, are I, very good times. I mean, I know I've known you two for 20 years, and uh, I think that the way we feel about it, I mean, everybody has their relative stress in their career, and I love what I do. Um, there are days that are stressful, but like right now, I think um, I, I think it was a great celebration. A lot of people had worked super hard over decades to make a lot of this stuff come true, and uh, we celebrated. Uh, and then we had to turn the page because we see what's facing us right now. So we have uh, uh, we're right in the midst of a very strong and difficult schedule and <clears throat> situations that are presenting themselves with our football team. And uh, then the the Big 12, there's a possibility two years from now, came to true, came to light. And so we've, I mean, I really have tried to turn the page and get back to the day-to-day enjoyment that I feel. This is my bliss. I love love college athletics. I love the day-to-day. I love working with the individual athletes, the teams, and the coaches. We have a coaches meeting in about uh, half an hour. And I'm fired up for it. It's going to be great. So I, I think we got to turn the page and move on to the next thing. And we'll celebrate Big 12. Uh, well, we won't celebrate it again, but we'll be in the thick of things real quick. I know you know Chris Hill very well. I can remember talking to Chris. I can also remember you and I joking when you'd schedule these games that would be in the 2030s, and we'd laugh how the two of us would be wiping drool off our faces at that point. Uh, So we'll see what happens when we get there. But Chris Hill, I remember talking to him, and he was saying that when they went in the Pac-12, it felt like it was a revitalization for him personally on the job because he'd been in the WAC Mountain West for so long, and obviously you've been in the Mountain West independent so long, and now... Now, going forward, everything is going to be new, and you're probably already doing to some of it degree right now. Do you feel, in a sense, a revitalization as far as you personally in your job with all the excitement that's going that's happening now and is going to happen in the next couple of years? I, you know, I really don't know if I would call it revitalization, PK, because I, I feel that um, between the transfer portal and NIL and the, the the constitutional convention in the NCAA right now, you better be on your feet every day. So I think I just wake up every morning and there's a new challenge there. Um, literally things that have are way more intense than they've ever been. Those are things that threaten the way that NCAA call, I shouldn't say NCAA college athletics is played those are factors that are super, super important right now. So we've marshaled all our forces here at BYU. Um, the, the Big 12 uh, joining that conference was part of the plan, and it's part of this uh, equation right now. So I, I don't really think I feel revitalized. I just feel like there's a lot going on, and it's all, all pretty good. Some of it's pretty bad. <laughs> Some of it's pretty good. 
So this is going to be really different when you get into the Big 12 for uh, just the amount of travel going to West Virginia and, and, and UCF. Uh, the financial level you'll have to compete at will be different. How do you prepare everyone for this? I mean, some things about BYU will always be the same, but some things are about to be very different. How do you, how do you prep the whole staff for that? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Chris Hill and I had a conversation over the weekend and uh, it just was by chance, and it was a really great conversation. But we need to continue. I think I could learn a few things from how that transition came and how they did that. Because, quite frankly, we haven't done that um, in a situation where we went. Well, we did it with the, the WCC, but it, it we didn't involve football. We had independence and then the conf, our teams going into the WCC. So... I think that it'll be something that we'll all have to learn how to do it. We'll have to figure out what's right. I've been talking with the athletic directors from the Big 12 kind of casually and informally, not and nothing formally yet. But those are things that will come up soon. And I, I think that Chris Hill, who's, uh, you know, I've, I've known for many, many years, he'll be able to help me on that. I don't know if safeguarding is the right phrase to use, Tom, but what are you doing now to make sure when that time comes that you hit the ground running? Because we know Utah had a couple losing seasons in football, and basketball really hasn't taken off. They took off a little bit, uh, but then they've they've slumped. To make sure that you're in the position that the athletic uh, department is basically humming along at the pace it needs to be because where much is given, much is going to be expected going forward. I think there's a couple ideas that are we're working on right now. I think the first and most important is personnel. We have to have the right people in the right places, whether it's in the athletic department or in the coaching staffs or in the you know, player personnel with all of our different teams. And we have two years of competition to be able to work through those issues with an eye on that. It reminds me, when I, when I went to the 49ers as a coach, in 1994, they had lost to the Dallas Cowboys for two consecutive years in the NFC Championships game. They were a really good team, but they could not get past that. And they brought in um, back Ray Rhodes as defensive coordinator. And we looked at personnel in the coaching staff in all of our individual players. And the focus of attention is how in the world are we going to beat Dallas? So if your left tackle can't beat, uh, offensive tackle cannot keep the defensive end from Dallas out of the backfield, we can't beat them. It was micro strategy. And, and that's all we did. Everything, every single thing we did all day was not about the NFC West. It was about beating Dallas. And I, I love the focus. I was able to experience that. And we've done that on a few occasions here where we have certain things that we have to overcome, glass we got to beat, and it's hard. You have to focus all your attention on it. There are some things that we're looking at, right? The second would be strategy. Once you get the right personnel, then there, is, there are some strategic things that we're going to do a little bit different. They're, they're just different. It's because of the scope and scale of how things are. And we have to learn those because they're not like in a book somewhere where you can just go to a checklist of things to do. And then resources is the third. That's something where we have to really pay attention and be, uh, you know, reallocate our resources. 
and be able to make sure that we do the right thing when we use this, these valuable um, funds that the donors and season ticket holders and corporate sponsors uh, entrust to us. That was a thorough and detailed answer, but in my scrambled brain, Tom, all I heard was Ray Rhodes brought in Deion Sanders. I can't wait to see how Deion's going to be used when he comes to Provo. Well, you, you, that's a very good point that you made. That was one of the things that made a difference. And, you know, we, it's, we've got here playing with certain personnel. And the question is, and the, the point that we, we've already started talking about is you know, focus your attention. The, the kids, we, I always believe that uh, BYU's core personnel are the student-athletes, high school kids from the state of Utah that are just true blue Cougar fans that from the time they grow up, maybe they're legacy kids from uh, their moms and dads being at the at BYU. And you have to have that core. We believe in that core. We've won with that core. But you have to complement it with uh, stronger and better players. So we're going to we, – we've always had complementary players that aren't from the state that have helped us in immense ways. And so we're going to have to do a better, a, a better job. We've done a really good job. It's like good, better, best. we got to really pick up our um, focus and uh, evaluation and the ability to recruit kids to come in here and compete at the highest level. Football scheduling obviously has been so paramount for you this last decade, and now uh, it, it's going to be in a different manner in terms of how you're going to figure out which games you're going to keep with the non-conference and whether they go nine or, or eight or nine or whatever it might be conference games. I don't know that you know the answer to that. But what's going to be the criteria? You already announced the Notre Dame game, which obviously is a no-brainer as far as what you do to decide which teams you're still going to be able to schedule in the non-conference. Well, the first thing we do is we look at our contracts, and, and we have so many varying and widely different contracts with different teams. Those were contracts that took a long time to put together and schedules that took a long time to get together, and now some of those will have to unwind. So we're in the process of that right now, looking at each individual year and the games that will fit into the schedule of a Big 12, which we don't know yet. You asked that question, and it's not known yet. Nobody, right. they, they haven't determined that. But we'll, we're in that process right now. So you you look out and pick a year, and you see that, obviously, in the past, we had to find games in September, October, and November. Now you're probably going to have to find most of your games in September, and maybe we'll find out there may be availability for games later in the uh, schedule, later in the year in football fall. So those are things that we're working through at this point in time. The answers are coming. They're not all there yet, but we're at it every day. You probably get asked all the time about how you're going to prioritize in-state games with Utah and Utah State. I can save you some time at golf courses and grocery stores. If, if you have an answer now, you could get it out there and get people off your back. Yeah, I don't think the answer is there right now, but I think everybody has figured it out that there are possibly three or four games in given years, and you look at the contract years and where they're at, where they, where you can be, can they move? I mean, that's one of the things that is a, a difficulty is right now, would those schools be able to move? And if you were to look at our schedule 
as an independent, we had a lot of flexibility because we were independent and we could move around. We didn't have conference rules about that. So you would see BYU moving games around like maybe six months in, pre, in, in advance of a season, which is unheard of. We just had flexibility to do that, and we figured it out working with ESPN and Dave Brown. But now um, you won't have as much flexibility playing within a conference. So all of those things will work themselves out in the very near future. What is your bowl situation for this season, and how can it change if the team continues as it is? We are um, contracted to play in the Independence Bowl. Um, unless we were to be invited to a, a New Year's Day, New Year's Six Bowl, or or uh, you know, something like that, so okay. that's that's a that will happen based on how we continue on with the season. Tom, you're taking a little time out to talk with us because you know you got a lot of BYU fans listening and they crave answers on all these questions. But it's also National Football Foundation, the golf tournament here. You got a lot on your plate. Why do you set aside a time for the National Football Foundation? What do you find valuable about your association with these folks? Well, it really starts back in when I was in high school, living in the San Gabriel Valley down in Southern California. And I was selected to that National Football Foundation scholar-athlete team. There's chapters all over the country. And what they do is they, they choose, um, uh, in the state of Utah, we pick about 11 or 12 players every year. And it's based on their, their leadership, their scholarship, and their athletic ability. you gotta, you got to be all state in order to be on that team. And I remember how I felt when I was um, selected to that team. I had put in a ton of work, and uh, our team had had success, and I was selected to one of those teams. And when I came to Utah and saw that they had that, it was something I felt was really important. Uh, The state of Utah, the football in the state of Utah right now for high school is very, very good. And I think that the college football teams have benefited from it tremendously. So part of it is just doing service for the high schools and, and for these young men who really deserve a chance at recognition. And then the second part is that I think it builds football in the state of Utah for the colleges. And I think it builds it across the country. The National Football Foundation is an organization that honors the Hall of Fame also for college football. And BYU has um, a number. I think we have eight um, collegiate Hall of Fame uh, coaches and players. And it's a great organization that that really focuses on amateur football, which has blessed the lives of so many of us. And so I'm in. I can do this. It's a little bit of time, but it's worth it. Tom, we appreciate a little bit of your time. We could keep you the rest of the hour, but we know you got stuff to do. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Get out there and have a good game out there today. All right. <laughs> Tom Homo, BYU Athletic Director, join us right here on 97.5 and 1280. Uh, I got to go. I just got ordered to go play golf at Riverside. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, he, he's if Tom, the boss. If Tom gives you direction, you need to take if it. You're, if your football program has won 16 out of 17, you're the boss. You're, you're flying high there. So it's interesting. It's an interesting time for BYU, and they've really got to make sure that they're prepared as much as possible so they can hit the ground running in all of their sports. We focus so much on, the obviously, the higher-profile ones. But for them, everything matters. And, you know, what, what can they learn? And it's cool in a sense that uh, Chad Lewis had said Kalani spoke to the coaches because he's been through this. He made that transition. Uh, he was at Utah when they went from Mountain West to Pac-12. And Tom 
can use Chris Hill as a resource also because he went through it in in a sense that they they have what's what am I looking for Not, more of a head start in a sense than you, the Utes did because there's people that they can draw upon and see how what they did and what they could have done better and so forth and now BYU I don't know that it's going to be smooth sailing either but they, I, I think they have a better opportunity to hit the ground running and they've got more time too because that other one was just a year right here it's two years so it's exciting time to make yourself be prepared as, a, as an athletic department to go forward I mean, everybody. I mean, the fire department right now is going over to help. You name it. I assume they can hear those. They're on their way. (laughs) Yes, they can hear that. It'll be interesting because we don't know what the challenges are going to be, what the potholes are going to be. They aren't going to be the same for every sport at BYU. You know, they'll be different. There's some that are competing at such a high level in the NCAA tournament now, and you look at what the Big 12 does, you think, well, they might be pretty much ready to go. But even for those teams – Man, travel's about to be way different. You've flown enough. I've flown enough. It is one thing to fly to the West Coast to play a game. It's another thing to go to Texas. There are times they say the pilot tells you you're going to Texas, and it's like another hour and a half to Houston. Hey, <laughs> we're crossing the state line, only 90 more minutes, and, you know, getting ready to compete and bouncing to Florida and West Virginia and Ohio. It's going to be a different deal. And the money's going to be different. You're going to have to fundraise. Big time, yeah. just to keep pace. I, I expect football to be of... fine, but I, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with men's basketball. Oh, does anybody because have a higher bar to clear it, than that? It's, the, than it's men's going basketball. to be a grind. There's going to be no easy games. Like, and not, not everybody's going to be ranked in the top five, but it's going to be much harder in conference. Yeah, but how many are going to be in the top 50? Probably it's, darn near every one of yeah, them. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And when you're, when you're playing that many quality games in a row, and you're traveling that much? Yeah. When you look around the room and you can't figure out who the mark is, that means you're the mark. <laughs> yeah, I think last season Oklahoma was eighth in the conference and got into the uh, tournament. Ooh. I mean, that's just not going to happen in a West Coast conference. <laughs> and that's a rough <laughs> estimate of being top 50 because right. there are enough smaller leagues that fill out the field of 68 that if you're in the NCAA tournament coming out of a power league, you're, you're probably a top 50 team. I agree. I think Mark Pope is up for the challenge, and I am super excited yeah. to see how that goes. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Football Fridays are presented by Stonehaven Dental. At Stonehaven Dental, they say yes. Yes to free exams and x-rays for new patients and flexible appointments. Say yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment. Question of the day, PK. BYU has cracked the top ten. Zach Wilson got his first NFL win. The Big 12 is looming. The football team is 16-1 and in the last 17 games. How does it get any better than this? Shane says, well, there's no talk whatsoever about the Mighty Utes, so that's great. The rivalry. Can't enjoy your own success. Got to drag the other down. Stomp on them. Stomp. I was golfing the other day, and I got hooked up with a guy who's in town here, works seasonally, and uh, he's from Tucson. And I said something, you know, I said, I told him, I said, yeah, I went to NAU, ASU, and Grand Canyon. I said, I, 
You notice I missed one school there. Oh, man, you should see this rivalry. You can't believe it. You idiot. Yes, I can. (laughs) But I also think, and, and that's par for the course, because whatever you have there, this is just, if not more, intense. It's a great, great rivalry. They're always judged by... What the other guy's doing. Yeah, it's always there. Absolutely. So if I'm BYU, especially because BYU fans, if you're in your 40s or 50s, you've experienced the great times, then you experience the bad times, now they're coming back around again. And not by any stretch that Utah is experiencing bad times. I'm not saying that. It remains to be seen. Go figure out the Pac-12 South, and if you figure it out, you let me know. Because I don't know, and I do this for a living. Yeah. I mean, they, they, I can see every team, well, except for Arizona and Colorado, the other four teams, winning the rest of their games, except for Arizona and Colorado, uh, or losing the rest of their games, except for Arizona and Colorado. I mean, it's just... This is crazy, but it's not about Utah being down. We don't know. It remains to be seen. Their season still has uh, many games. But BYU, right now, you're up, so just revel in it. Even when I don't hear your voice, I hear your voice. And as I was watching Eat college football this, <laughs> as I was watching college football this weekend, and uh, you'd been talking about, hey, win the South. It's crazy. You probably mess up a couple games, and it may not matter because it could be a tie at 7-2. and two. There might be a tie at 6-3. and three. Could be, yeah. And it's happened before. And, and I was like, yeah, but you still get in Oregon. I just watched them beat Ohio State in the horseshoe. And you're like, eh, we'll see when we get there. I don't Who believe knows? in Oregon. I don't believe in Oregon. <laughs> and you can really not believe in them after they lost well, I, I don't, I don't believe in Anthony Brown. I hate to say it. There it is. But that's always been my thing. That's I it. don't think he's a big-time quarterback. So they got all these four and five stars, but they don't have a rock star at the most important position. No, and they had one in Herbert, obviously. We'll see him tonight. Looking forward to that game against the Raiders with the Chargers. And also Verdell, the running back, he went down, and, and Cristobal said it was a serious injury. And he's, a very, he's an NFL player as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so we'll see with them going forward. Yeah, but for, for Utah, my gosh, uh, it's there to be had. There nobody. Nobody's looking like, wow, we are absolutely a team. The Devils got a nice win in Pasadena on Saturday. Okay, good. You got it. You look good. Best game you've looked in, well, throw out the nonsense with the 70-7. to But I think that's literally the best you've looked under Herm Edwards. Now, can you sustain it? Or are you going to be offsides 22 times? You know what I mean? They did bring that up late in the broadcast. Well, it's true. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. I know. It's there But they had it under control in that game. And it doesn't necessarily mean anything about the next game. That's the whole thing with the Pac-12 South. Yes. Teams that look bad one week, you can't bury them because they can bounce back. And teams that look good one week, you can't put them up on a pedestal because they'll just tip over and fall off the next week. All Utah has to do is win Sunday or Saturday and then... Everything is rosy football-wise. They're still dealing with the trauma of the death, and there was an arrest yesterday. That's great and all, and you're, that's not going to go away anytime soon. So we want to make sure we're not, we're not insensitive to that. Speaking insensitive. I believe we're having audio problems behind us, PK. Uh, I think there's audio problems. Y'all okay? <laughs> Did... I don't know what that was. <laughs> uh, uh, I think it was a sign from up above for me to shut up or something. I'm not sure what that was about. But, you know, we don't, we're not in, uh, insensitive to the, the, the difficult nature of what's going on within the program and, and the family and all that stuff. At the same time, they have games to be played. And if they can get this win on Saturday, then everything is looking up again. And even if they lose it, it's not like it's over by any stretch because this conference is so freaking nuts. Excuse me. I wipe my nose, man. It's cold out here. We're, it's, 
what time is it? <laughs> it's 841. The sun is not over the, the mountains yet. What is going on at Provo? We're, we're at the bottom of a bowl. This is like going to be the last place on the Wasatch Front to get the sun. Yeah, this it's over. Is crazy. It's on the course over there now, but we are we are still in the shade, and it is really cold. So PK's well, nose just, is running. Let's move it to the fifteenth hole. Yeah, okay, now you're talking. <laughs> let's go and bring Why your clubs. Why didn't you set there originally? Come on now. <laughs> we don't have extension cords that last that long. <laughs> Once the sun comes up, it'll be fine. But yeah, what a crazy weekend in football, uh, college football. That, that, that's the beauty of college football, man. There's so many things that are unpredictable. And which make it fun. Saturday was a fun day of watching college football with all the stuff going on there. It was weird with no Utes, Cougars, and Aggies. It felt very different. It did, but at the same time for me, it was fun to... Well, anytime Oregon loses, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, get you know, Stanford, again, I love Shaw. I love talking to him each year. Uh, we've done it uh, every year but last year. And... To see them uh, get that win, it, it was fun, and you you just don't know what's going to happen. Washington State, man, got Delora back. That's what I'm saying. I don't I don't think Washington State is dog meat. I think the Utes were fortunate, and they've got them with their uh, second team quarterback. And Borgie goes out, and I and you know I've told you this a lot of times in this conference. When you the, play a team matters, yeah, yeah. big time, because yeah. you don't know who's available. I assume once we get in a couple of years, we'll have a better feel for the Big 12, and we'll say that. But you and I, we've grown up in Pac-12, Pac-10 country. Oh, yeah. So we are intimately familiar with this conference, and obviously it's I, my school, so I can I yeah. can speak to it. I think we'll be at the same level. I didn't necessarily find Oklahoma State and Baylor entertaining, but I did watch it. I, I watched it, too, and I'm with you. I found it more a... Um more like an academic exercise. I was doing my homework because, and I wanted to get into this with both Chad and Tom, but we just didn't have enough time and there were so many other things to ask him and it's still a couple years away. But, you know, growing up in San Diego and following the WAC and then the Mountain West and the Pac-8, 10, and 12 are, are what was always on TV. And so you know the storylines for all the schools. I know the arc of all those programs and I know... Even if I haven't been to the school, I've read and heard what it is like. And, you know, what is it like to go to a game at Wyoming, right? We've all heard those stories. And a rainy night in Corvallis. What is not that Georgia? like? No, not in Georgia. Okay. So, and then you go to the Big 12, and it's kind of like, i got to figure all this out. I mean, I know a little bit, but I don't know a lot. I thought the Baylor-Oklahoma State game. What has happened to the Big 12? They're supposed to go up and down the field and score a bunch of points. We've got a bunch of teams playing low-scoring games. Oklahoma's playing 16-13 games with West Virginia and Baylor-Oklahoma State, 24-14. There were a couple early scores of the game. I thought they were going to get it going, and they didn't. It was weird. Right. There was, it was not as exciting. But then, you know, I watched uh, the Devils and UCLA. Los Angeles. Now they went up and down the field, and, and Jaden Daniels throws a pretty deep he ball. He good. You made fun of me when I said that. Oh, it's on one throw. Okay. He threw three in that game. And UC Los Angeles pass defense. Sucks. Gives, <laughs> came into the game giving up 330 yards. I watched the Fresno game. The Devils game. didn't get anywhere near that. I watched the Fresno game. Right? No, they didn't need to. No. No. So, and he doesn't always hit on the deep ball. If you can't throw it, ball. if you can't pass it against that team. You can't pass it. Right. I'm with you. No, I watched the Fresno game, and they got cut up. And it'll be interesting to see if the Utes can throw it against him. 
when we get to that game. It's still a ways off. Uh, end of the month, right? Yeah, I think it's the 30th. Uh, so we still got four, four more weeks to go, yeah. Uh, so they were exposed. And now I don't believe in them. And then, okay, we'll get excited about them beating LSU and Fresno. Uh, what have those teams done? Fresno goes out to Hawaii. Tough travel, obviously, but loses the game. I watched that after the other one was over. I flipped right. over. And then and see, LSU. Uh, see, Fresno is fired up because of Oregon. Don't say fired up, man. That, um, like, Sounds on like firecrackers. Yeah, it does. Um, so we get a hole in one? Oregon has now played three close games and won two of them. But Ohio State was close. Home with Fresno was close. Stanford was close. You can't win, keep winning all those close games. That rarely happens. I know people call out a few teams that have done it, but it doesn't normally happen. You keep playing close games, eventually one gets you, and the third time was the charm, and Stanford got him. But a lot of people are going to play close games with Oregon, apparently, because we're not halfway through the season, and they've already had three games that were really intense in the fourth quarter. Hmm? Okay. Yeah. Like, like BYU's had competitive games in the fourth quarter, but they weren't really intense. Uh, there haven't been, been lead changes. No, but there was the games. Suddenly the momentum of the games have Absolutely. changed. Absolutely. And the great thing about the Cougars is that they've established themselves early in these individual games, and then the momentum changes a little bit, yep. and they have to reestablish it. And yep. they've been able to do that. They've answered the call. Literally all five games, the moment, 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 momentum changed. And I hesitated to say a little bit at South Florida because I don't think they were in danger of losing. But certainly in the other four games, now they didn't lose any of them, but you felt the tide was turning a little bit, particularly because Utah State feasted on, okay, we know we've got a third-team quarterback, and they're dumbing down the offense here. We get our offense going. We got a shot. And they did to an extent. And it was a one-score game, wasn't it? And then Algier went berserk in some of the best running back play that I've ever seen at that school. And they've had some decent running backs the last several years. And he took control. Well, that's what I like about the Cougars is that each time the game got a, a little – to what degree it's up to you. I can argue it. You can argue it. But the momentum had shifted. And BYU was able to establish. In that way, it's almost better in a sense. Maybe it is better totally, literally, to win that way as opposed to just smoking them. Like last year, you brought up the Boise game, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what Algier busted, like an 80-yarder right off yeah, the bat. Yeah, like 86 yards. Yeah, and that thing yeah. was over so freaking soon. Everybody knew it. And they were going with the third-team quarterback, the, the Broncos were. And so they didn't have much of an offense going in. And you knew the outcome was decided early. Well, with the Cougars, the outcome had changed a little bit. And I love how they reestablished the momentum. And then in the final few minutes, the game wasn't in doubt. I think that's a good way to grow as a football team. That's a very smart, reasonable take from you. Who are you and what have you done with Pat Kinahan? Knock, knock. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Coming up, Nick Ford's going to join us in the 9 o'clock hour. So is Blake Anderson. Stay with us. We'll talk with the Youth Center and the Aggies head coach in the next hour. Right here on 97.5, 12.80, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. It's game week for the 
Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's back-to-back Mountain West Conference opponents for the Cougars as they welcome in Boise State to LaBelle Edwards Stadium for a showdown against the Broncos. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 1230 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. If you have rooms that are hotter in the summer and colder in the winter than the rest of the house, you're not the only one. What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and if your home has insulation, decent windows, and you're still experiencing uneven temperatures, chances are you have an airflow issue with your HVAC system. The good news is you don't need to replace your furnace and air conditioner to improve uneven temperatures. And now, your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Scoreless bottom of the ninth. Pitch. Swung on and lined up the middle, and the throw home is not in time. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win and go to the playoffs. There's your Chevy Strong play of the game. Aaron Judge, the comebacker. Now, comebackers often imply a hop off the grass, and that was a screaming comebacker. But it drives in the run. He gets his first walk-off hit of his major league career. And the Yankees are going to Boston to Fenway Park to play the wild card game on Tuesday in the American League. To Chevy Strong play of the game. Know it today. 450 on the big show, and you can win fabulous prizes. PK, good final day of, uh, of Major League Baseball. Lost admits a lot of football for a lot of people, I'm sure. But uh, it's unfortunate that the Yankees and Red Sox both both won. Only one of the four games we needed to get a four-team wild card tournament happened. And that's what I wanted. Okay. It didn't matter to me which of the four teams it is. But I thought having two playoff games to get to the wild card game, that would just be fun. And the only, but we needed the Red Sox and the Yankees to lose, and they both won. And we needed the Mariners to win, and they lost, and they were in trouble right away. Otani hit the homer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, the Seattle Mariner, we always talk about, you know, which team is calling. Like, the Mariners broadcast team is like, oh, that's an omen. This sucks. <laughs> 20, 20 years of not going to the playoffs. Jeez. I got it. After you just play 162 games and there's such adrenaline rush leading up to it, and then when it's over, it's just so sudden. It's just, boom, it's over, done. And then you want to go to the ballpark today or you want to go to the gym or whatever it might be, but you don't. It's nope. over. It's over. Uh, so I, I get that. It wouldn't have been a playoff. They, I think they consider it the 163rd game. They can call it whatever uh, they want. I'd have been excited. I agree. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. Well, any elimination. Yep. You have people just, it doesn't matter the sport. It doesn't matter the gender. People are just balling out big time, no matter what it is, man. I said that for years. I used to love to go to the uh, Thomas and Mac in the women's tournament when we were down there because they played the men's and women's at the same place. And the, the women would go earlier in the day. And I'd go over there and watch their games because the ladies would be just acting like it was life or death. And for them in the moment, it was. And once you get that situation, it's fun to see. It's fun to watch. Absolutely. So um, I would have been excited for that. And we'll see. Then Dodgers Kershaw went out. Now they put him on the DL or IL, Forearm. I guess they call it. It's yeah. the injury that he had, and it doesn't look like he's going to play. And they're wondering if his Dodger career is over, which has been an illustrious career because he's a free agent. And, yeah, they have unlimited amounts of money, but they can't simply pay everyone. 
uh, maximum dollars. And then Muncie got hurt, and Dave Roberts, the manager, was saying that he didn't know if he would play. Now it is the Dodgers, and it seems like they got a never-ending supply of talent, and they just plug some other guys in there. There you with, go. With the payroll that they've gotten. But nevertheless, that'll be interesting to see. That thing is on Wednesday night, right, <laughs> against the Cardinals. So you're getting I, I, the Dodgers. I, I heard a, st- uh, a stat, and you love these types of things, and I got to admit, it caught my eye. For a team that won the World Series, the following year, which is this season, mm-hmm. they won the most games ever of a team that won really? the World Series. You're right. I do love this stuff, and I didn't know it. I didn't know it. <laughs> and they the didn't most, win the division. The most wins for a war, defending World Series champion. Yes. The following season, yes. Not totally surprising. 106 is a big number. It's a massive number. Yeah, it is. It's like 65 in basketball. But in the history of the sport, you think, oh, some loaded Yankee team that I know. never heard of 70 years ago would have done it. I know, but they, that's what they said. Yeah. I was listening, and that's what they said. That's crazy. And the Giants, they've been around for a long time themselves, and they had the best regular season ever. 107 wins. Yeah. that Those are just incredible numbers. Now, we'll see what it means, because it's sort of like the Jazz. You know, they had the great regular season, uh, but they didn't get the job yep. done the way they wanted in the postseason. And now they're back at it tonight, right? They San Antonio? Is, the Jazz uh, are, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, first preseason game. No TV for it tonight. No TV. I was surprised on that. But they got TV Wednesday. I talked to Bowler Jack uh, on Saturday night, and he was leaving, I think, yesterday. He was on the plane, but they're not doing the San Antonio game. But they're doing – I don't know how that works. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I don't <laughs> know if they couldn't get a truck or what. I mean, yeah. I would think the sports regionals would be excited because well, baseball just ended. Now everything goes national. Yeah, maybe the, I don't know. Maybe they didn't want to compete with Monday Night Football. No, I, maybe. I, I, don't, I don't know either. Yeah, I don't know. But as long as I got Monday Night Football, I'm good to go. You are. I, you were right about that. That's a really intriguing game tonight. You know, the, the charges have been eh, for a long time. They got a young quarterback. Are they ready for it? And, and to be honest, Gruden's teams, while playing some exciting games, the teams on the whole have been kind of eh. So, who's for real? But it's I am calling Derek Carr, Derek Carr as a breakout season. He's been good, but I think he's going to be great. this is a new level. I think he's going to be great level. this year. Well, the, the, your Cardinals were the only team that got the 4-0. And if they're 4-0, yeah, I, they are my Cardinals. there was no drama. That was, well, that that was, was the 3-0 and versus 3-0, and and it was a bust. Two biggest surprises in the NFL this year, or this week, I mean, yesterday. One was the Cardinals. The not that they won because it's the NFL. Anything could have happened, yeah. but they but won the with ease. that ease and no drama. And then the Jets beating the Titans. <laughs> that was that was spectacular. There were a lot of big plays. That was a nothing game with five minutes to go in the third quarter, and the last twenty minutes. Well, and then ten minutes of overtime too. So as it turned and out, Zach the got the game minutes. ball. And the and the owner got the game ball, but then the owner turned it right back to the coach and gave him the game ball. So that was cool. the game ball around. All right, don't let Zach roll right and throw deep. That's the lesson out of that game. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Nick Ford's coming up. Stay with us.